The LA Clippers had seven games remaining coming into Monday night. And with pressure in on every single game they played to end this season, they needed to respond from that terrible loss in New Orleans. And they did in the greatest fashion you could imagine. Marcus Morris was out. Nico Batum started. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you why the Clippers look like a totally different team and a piece of their bench that they've potentially unlocked on today's Locked On Clippers. Don Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day. Your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, in my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. And, of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for more Clipper and L.A. sports content. Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to comment... Ty Lue said that when Norman Powell comes back, the rotation will stay at nine. So name me your nine players. But in this episode, going to be talking about what went so well for the Clippers that made them look like a completely different team in this 124-112 victory over the Chicago Bulls, who have been playing good basketball lately, just beat the Lakers on Sunday, and were coming to town, as I said, playing well. And the Clippers took care of them fairly easily, but it came with a strong performance on both ends of the floor. So going to be talking about what went so well and something I saw from the second unit that makes me really optimistic about a potential lineup or angle we can use going forward. And then going to end it with the big news of the night in regards to the starting lineup, the news everyone has been waiting for for months. But let's begin with the game. I always say that every single game comes down to the big two words, defensive intensity. And when you have Marcus Morris was listed out with an illness, I don't know how true that is. Because we saw him rest against the Golden State Warriors and we heard that that wasn't really an injury. So I'm not sure. If he's sick, get well soon, Marcus. But it just seemed a little bit fishy given all the conversation recently and what happened against Golden State. And obviously given the announcement tonight about Nico Batum being moved into the starting lineup... It's a little fishy, but regardless, Senior didn't play. Nicholas Batum started in his place, and that's the guy I've been saying should be starting from, if you remember, before the season even began on this podcast, and you saw the difference right away. Now you have Nicholas Batum guarding Zach Levine and Kawhi Leonard guarding DeMar DeRozan, as opposed to Kawhi guarding one of them and then Eric or Senior guarding one of them. Now you have your two best point-of-attack defenders guarding the two best players in the other team, And listen, they were making shots in the beginning of the game. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Vucevic, these guys were all making shots in the beginning, but the degree of difficulty on the shots was high. So I had a good feeling that if the Clippers just stay with this kind of defensive intensity, that they will cool down. The Clippers on offense, on the other hand, Kawhi Leonard may have not had the best start shooting the ball, 
but he was attracting a lot of attention. And when that happens, he makes good passes, and he was making a ton of good passes today, whether it be in the pick and roll, driving and kicking, defense just loading up on him. And Nico Batum got off to a hot start from three, as did EJ, who was really hot from deep in this one, and also attacking closeouts. But Kawhi Leonard also made some good reads in the pick and roll. Finally had a play or two where he hit the roller. There was an empty side pick and roll in the second half with the Vitsa Zubats that Kawhi Leonard found him for a dunk on. And overall, Kawhi may have not hit the roller so much, but he did a good job of making the right reads and finding open shooters. And when he did that, that got the Bulls' defense in rotation. And with guys like Terrence Mann and Robert Covington playing more minutes, they were attacking closeouts. Eric Gordon also attacking closeouts. Russell Westbrook also attacking closeouts. And that's when the defense for the Bulls or other teams have to collapse. And that's when the ball movement starts. Christina Pink said before the game that when the Clippers get 25 or more assists, their record is overwhelmingly positive. But obviously that's been less than half the games this season. Well, in this one, try 41 assists. 41 assists as a team for 48 made field goals, 20 for 40 from deep. So I've been saying all season long that we haven't had those games that we've seen the last two years where the Clippers as a team just go lights out from deep. And finally, we got one. And when Nicholas Batum gets hot like that, it's a totally different ball game. And not only that, his defense is so good fighting over screens contesting shots he's such a great shot contester because of his long arms and the Clippers despite that though they were down by five after 132 27 but the second quarter and the third quarter the Clippers absolutely dominated and I still felt good after the first quarter that as long as they stay the course continue to play good defense and continue to get good shots they will create separation and the second unit for the Clippers is much stronger than the Bulls. That's one thing that's been a weakness for the Bulls all season is their depth or lack of it. And especially with Alex Caruso sitting out tonight, that was going to be a, a potential issue for them. And with the nine-man rotation, the Clippers played Bones Highland, Mason Plumley, Robert Covington, and Terrence Mann coming off the bench. They added a lot of energy. You had the lineup of Russell Westbrook and Kawhi Leonard being staggered. So to start the second quarter, you had Russ, you had Rocco, you had Mason, you had Terrence, and you had Bones. And when you have Terrence, Russ, and Bones out there, you have a lot more pace, a lot more athleticism. And Bones Highland picked up where he left off in the Oklahoma City game. He was absolutely electric, pushing the pace, knocking down shots, had some amazing passes. And I mentioned this last game, but Bones Highland is a dime dropper. I mean, he's throwing some really good passes to the open man. Mason Plumley got a couple of nice, easy dunks just being in the right place at the right time taking advantage of having guys like Russell Westbrook and Bones Highland throwing them dimes. And speaking of Russell Westbrook, he was unbelievable. Pushing the pace, finding open shooters, and defensively was good as well. And Nico Batum, Eric Gordon, Terrence Mann, Kawhi Leonard, all those guys hit at least one three in the first half. And going into the break, the Clippers were up by seven, but in the third quarter, they blew the doors open. Kawhi, or blew the doors off. Kawhi Leonard, when... The Clippers would put the Smalls in the action. 
Patrick Beverly or, you know, Zach Levine, they would switch on a Kawhi, but then the Bulls would send a double. And a couple times they did well defensively double teaming and rotating, but there were other times where the Clippers moved the ball well. Kawhi got a lot of hockey assists, not just regular assists, but he did get some regular assists as well, six of them to be exact. But the hockey assists all created by the attention that Kawhi is getting and Bones Highland, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard created tons of good shots and especially Bones Highland, you know, on the baseline, having some really nice passes and kickouts. And overall, when the Clippers drive, have that kind of aggression trying to get to the rim and also have guys that attack closeouts. And that's one thing that's so much better without Marcus Morris because Marcus Morris, as I've said so many times, doesn't attack closeouts. So when guys like Robert Covington, who only played in the first half, actually, Nico Batum was playing so well in the second half, and I respect Tyloo's decision here. I thought it was the right decision. He always plays Kawhi Leonard for the entire first and third quarter, but he played Nico Batum for the entire third quarter. And Rocco, you know, he wasn't great in his stint, but he still had a couple of possessions where he got some stops on DeMar DeRozan and just has that length, is a better defender than Marcus Morris. Even if Robert Covington only plays 11 minutes, I'd rather have those than Marcus Morris minutes. And that is not anything personal. That is because the better defenders need to play for this team. Because when the Clippers get stops, the Clippers create turnovers, then they get out and transition a little bit. And when they play guys like Terrence Mann, Russell Westbrook, and Bones Highland, those the fast pace actually favors those kind of players. But Kawhi Leonard started getting a little hotter in the second half, started making it some threes, started making some mid-ranges, and Russell Westbrook just continued to be fantastic. Had some really nice shots in the post. If it's a Zubats had a better second half, Mason Plumlee was finishing around the basket and rebounding. But Bones Highland, Terrence Mann, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, they were doing their thing. Terrence Mann was doing a little bit of everything. Nicholas Batum was just unconscious in this game. 24 points. He was the leading scorer for the Clippers. And we've talked about it the last two games. Both of the last two games, Nico Batum went four for six from three. Well, in this one, 24 points, three rebounds, five assists, two steals, only one turnover, a team high plus 22. And just like the last two games, all his shots were threes and he shot 80 percent from deep eight for ten batum battalion where are we at what a performance by nico and coming up gonna talk about what stuck out from the clippers second unit in that second quarter that changed the game and something they should really look at going forward. But before we do that, I got to tell you about FanDuel. The tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down that net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, 
So the Clippers, with one of the most fun and satisfying games that they've played in a while. I mean, the Oklahoma City Thunder win, the last one the Clippers got, was also very satisfying. But just considering the Chicago Bulls were playing really solid basketball going into this game, that game felt like they would respond to Paul George's injury and they wouldn't lose to the same Oklahoma City Thunder team twice. But this one, these last seven games, you know, after that terrible performance against New Orleans, there was a little bit of an uneasiness, you know, going forward for this Clipper team heading into this game. And they responded with flying colors. And Nico Batum starting just makes all the difference. I really don't want to make it just a Marcus Morris senior thing, but it makes such a difference when you have the guys that guard play more. I Defense wins championships. It's so cliche, but it's always been true and will never change. It will never change. The teams that want to guard are the better teams. That's as simple as that. If you play good defense for four quarters, even if your shot's not falling, you can be in any game. And Nicholas Batum, when he's hitting his three ball, going, you know, plus everything else that he's doing, I mean, he's one of the best role players you can have, even at his age. But the thing that really stuck out to me in this game was the trio of Russ Bones and Terrence playing together. Now, there was a stretch where they took Eric, I'm sorry, Robert Covington out in that second quarter, and we had EJ, Mason, and then the trio I just named of Russ, Bones, and Terrence. And that's a three-guard lineup, right, with Russ, Eric Gordon, and Bones Highland. But here's the thing, and this is what makes the Clippers a little bit frustrating. Russell Westbrook was unbelievable tonight on both ends of the floor. His help defense was good. He was fighting over screens. DeRozan tried to push, post him up, and he stood his ground. One time he fouled him, but he stood his ground one time. There's another time where Vucevic tried to post him up, and he stood his ground. I've talked about it many times, but when Russell Westbrook tries to get posted up, that's when he really takes pride because he's strong. You can't just bully him. He was rebounding. He was tipping rebounds that were 50-50 balls. He got a couple of steals. There was one really nice poke away from behind. I believe it was on Zach Levine where he got out and got a dunk. He had a nice interception when Mason Plumley and I think it was Bones Highland trapped DeMar DeRozan at the perimeter behind the three-point line. And he just did a great job running with Bones Highland. There was also a really nice lob to Mason Plumley in the second half. A couple of fadeaways in the post. I mean, he was everywhere in this game and when Russell Westbrook plays that kind of defense it totally changes his value to this team and one thing I also love about Russ is how many threes he's passing up he's doing exactly what I said he should do when we first got him forget the open three unless it's in the corner attack the open space now when Zubat is under the basket that makes that a little bit tougher because he's now just not running into his own man he's running into his man plus the center who's sitting there around the rim guarding Zoo and is able to contest his shot while also being able to box Zoo out but it's still better than him shooting that open three. I really believe so. And one thing he's doing a good job of doing is hesitating and acting like he's going to shoot. He gets a rotating defender, and then he swings to the open man with the extra pass. He's done that so much since he's become a clipper, finding guys like Kawhi, Nico. And there was one play in the second half, early in the third quarter, where Kawhi drove to the basket, drew two underneath, had a nice kick to Russ. Russ made the extra pass to Nico, splashed a three from the top. It was either Nico or EJ, one of the two. But EJ also did a good job defending as well, fighting over screens, attacking closeouts, making threes. 
he's inconsistent because that, I mean that's just a typical role player tendency. But a really good game from EJ tonight, as efficient as it gets. Twenty two points, tied for our second leading scorer with Kawhi. Seven for twelve from the field and five for nine from deep. Also three assists and zero turnovers. So EJ was just awesome in this one. And we're going to need that from EJ, especially with Paul George out. And the good news we heard, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in the final segment, but the good news we heard today is that Norman Powell, or should I say on Monday, Norman Powell is supposed to be traveling with the team on the upcoming road trip, the two games in Memphis and one in New Orleans. So there is a good chance we get Norman Powell back on the trip, and we are in desperate need of that with Paul George out. But EJ was awesome. But the main story is just that when you get Russ Obviously, Terrence Mann's going to try on defense. And I do think there were a couple times one-on-one where he got blown by too easily in this game. But at least he fights over screens. He's active on loose balls. And he's better than what we have. He's better than a lot of guys we do have at the point of attack. Mason Plumlee, I thought he was better in the second half. I thought he did a better job of coming out to the perimeter in this game. Because around the rim, he doesn't really do much in terms of affecting shots. But at least he rebounds. And he was doing a good job finishing around the basket and, you know, catching the ball and just being in the right place at the right time. Just allowing his guards to find him for little dump-offs underneath. And there was one pass, by the way, Kawhi Leonard threw to Zubats in that third quarter. That was just beautiful. A nice bounce pass to him. I didn't expect it. And Zoo, I thought, did a good job defensively in that second half. But Nikola Vucevic, I'm not going to lie, he got the better of Zoo a couple times one-on-one. Vuce had 20 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists in 30 minutes of play on 9-for-13 shooting and 2-for-3 from deep. So offensively, Vucevic was really good. But Zoo, 11.7 rebounds on 5-for-6 on the field. The only thing I didn't like about Zoo really was that he was 1-for-5 from the foul line. That's pretty rare that he's, I mean, he has, he's been struggling from the foul line of late. But 1-for-5 is ex- ex- you know, especially bad for Zoo. But overall, I thought his performance in the second half was much better. The Clippers outscored the Bulls 35-23 in the second quarter and 37-22 in the third quarter. And in the second half, that's when the Bulls finally started cooling down. You saw the Clippers getting out to the perimeter, closing out hard, and just having more attention to detail, sharper rotations, fighting harder, getting over screens, and they regressed to the mean, Chicago. Finally started missing shots. DeRozan was hitting contested threes in the first half. Finally started missing. And I'll tell you what. I talked about Russell Westbrook on D. Talked about Terrence Mann on D. But the standout for me that I didn't expect on defense in this game was Busy Bones Highland. His effort on defense was so good in this game. There was not one game that Reggie Jackson had this season defensively that was as good as that one from Bones. And if he did, I need you to tell me in the comments which one it was. Because Bones Highland, he has really long arms. He got a couple of steals, but his activity getting over screens and his help, his effort was just fantastic. I mean, when he plays with that kind of defensive effort, yes, he's skinny. Yes, he's not the best laterally. And he's going to have to, you know, put on some pounds of muscle in the summer. I'm confident that he will because he's young. But he has better defensive instincts and he has good length. Better defensive instincts than people think and good length, I should say. That in addition to what he was bringing offensively, knocking down mid-ranges, knocking down threes, fantastic passes and being able to get out on the break whether it be for like a transition three or a fast break layup he and russ you would think that you know two point guards isn't great but man when they can be engaged defensively 
that allows them to get stops, get create turnovers, and then they can run with each other in Terrence Mann. And Robert Covington is a guy that also likes to run and cut. So the moral of the story is the trio of Terrence Mann, Russell Westbrook, and Bones Highland is something to keep an eye on. The Clippers have a lot good, a lot better pace when they're in, and they can sometimes create easy baskets in transition. It's really all a matter of how much they want to guard because you can't get out in transition without getting stops. You know, it's not like these teams have Magic Johnson and the Showtime Lakers who, after the made basket, take it out and just within five seconds, get down the court. Or the New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday night who are just throwing up threes within five seconds after the Clippers made baskets. Or the seven seconds or less Suns. But you get my point. Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, and Russell Westbrook together add athleticism and pace to this team. And when you play defense that way, it changes everything. And guys like Nico Batum can be the beneficiary of open transition threes. But coming up, speaking of Nico Batum, huge announcement made middle of the game by Clipper beat writer Tamara Zarli and confirmed by Ty Lue in the postgame press conference. What does it mean for the Clippers? Going to be talking about it coming up. Okay. You've all been waiting. We've been waiting months. More comments and more tweets complaining than you can possibly imagine. More anger than you could possibly imagine. And sadly, many an offensive Instagram comment that did not need to be commented on Marcus Morris's Instagram. Obviously not me commenting, but many people that, you know, hide behind no avatars and think they can say whatever they want to these individuals. And that's very low. But holla freaking Louyah. Oh my goodness. Nothing personal, but Tomara Zarley of Clutch Points and Clipper Beat Writer tweeted mid-game an article that Nico Batum will be the starting power forward going forward. It's about time. He also said that Robert Covington is expected to be that backup power forward. However, that was not confirmed by Ty Lue in the postgame presser, but the confirmation was that Nico is going to start. Now, I don't know if that was confirmed before the game, but considering Marcus Morris didn't play and Nico Batum did, I feel like it was. And Nicholas Batum playing a little, playing a little fun after the game, saying, I see you guys had a fun night on Twitter. He's seeing everyone's tweets. He knows that everybody's been clamoring for him to start and Marcus Morris to be taken out of the starting lineup. The question is, what happened? Because I know there were discussions about this. And on Wednesday, I'm going to be bringing an episode talking about my whole theory about the whole situation. But I'm going to have to talk to more people about this because I just didn't see this coming. If I had seen it coming, it was after the Golden State game where they sat him out. And I know there was conversations about it. But maybe it had gotten to a point where Ty Lue finally said, you know what, whatever's happening, I got to just do this. It's best for the team. I got to stop being so loyal to senior. You know, I got to stop being petty with whatever's going on behind the scenes with whatever, you know, what front office wants versus what I want. There's a lot more to that than meets the eye. And I'm going to be trying to get under the bottom to the bottom of it on Wednesday but the main thing is Nicholas Batum is going to be starting going forward will it solve all our problems no it won't but damn it I think it's going to make the Clippers a much better team and tonight was or Monday night was the start his three-point shooting his point of attack defense you know he's not a crazy attacking closeouts guy either he doesn't take mid-rangers at all and doesn't really attack you know bigs at the rim but he makes threes and does other intangible things. And he's not a ball stopper. He's actually the opposite. He cuts. He moves the ball quickly. Uh, he's, you know, does intangible things. 
And Robert Covington, you know, only played 11 minutes in this game. Zero points, 0 for 2, 2 rebounds, 1 assist. Not much to report, but as I said, not really a huge negative. Not a liability or anything like that. Mason Plumley, 10 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. So good for him to get in double figures. 5 for 7 from the field. Played a lot better in the second half in only 19 minutes of play. Terrence Mann, 8 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists on 3 for 7 shooting and 2 for 5 from deep. So a little bit of everything from Terrence. Exactly what you want to see in 26 minutes Ivica Zubats already said 11 and 7 in 24 minutes on 5 for 6 shooting. Nico Batum, 24 points on 8 for 10 from deep. How about Bones Highland, though? 13 points, 2 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, only 1 turnover. So he did a much better job taking care of the ball than he did on Saturday night against the Pelicans. 5 for 11 from the field, 2 for 7 from deep. Awesome game for Busy Bones Highland. Clippers need to keep him next season because he is a young stud and the Clippers need to keep youth to have a little backup plan for the future. Russell Westbrook, 12 points, 5 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals. For me, he was the player of the game. He was just everywhere. I loved his defense. 6 for 11 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep. One of those was unnecessary. One at the end of the shot clock and I believe the other one was from the corner and went in and out. 0 for 3 from the foul line. Those were all in the first quarter. And in the beginning, it felt like, uh uh-oh, here we go again. But what a game from Russ overall. And then Kawhi Leonard. Wasn't an in-your-face game, but did a little bit of everything. Defended, rebounded, was the catalyst for all the open shots that we got. 22 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, only 1 turnover, even more hockey assists that don't go in the stat sheet, 8 for 13 from the field, and 3 for 5 from deep, and 3 for 3 from the line. An extremely efficient night for the Claw with the capital LA in 33 minutes of play. The Clippers shoot 59.3% from the field and 50% from 3. I mean, what a night to be at the game if you're a Clipper fan. Disappointing that I couldn't make it in, on this one. The Bulls shot only 39% from three, which is not terrible, but nine for 23 compared to the 40 attempts the Clippers had, and they were just scorching. And the Clippers had 26 fast break points to the Bulls' 15. They led by as many as 25, even though they only won the game by 12. So the Clippers take care of business, move on to 40 and 36 on the year and go on the road now for two games against the Memphis Grizzlies, which will not be easy. They've won six games in a row. Then the New Orleans Pelicans of the Clippers struggle against, but it was a big win. Clippers are now four games over 500, 21 and 18 at home. Norman Powell is set to return on the trip, but the great news is that Nico Batum will be the Clippers' starting power forward going forward. It only took till game 75, but Kawhi Leonard, Nico Batum, Ivica Zubats, Eric Gordon, and Russell Westbrook is your LA Clippers' starting lineup for the foreseeable future until we see Paul George back. The Clippers still in contention for the three seed, technically. They are half a game in the lost column behind the Phoenix Suns for four. The Minnesota Timberwolves are one game behind the Clippers in the sixth seed, so the Clippers are currently in fifth. But that's it for me in this one. Please let me know. Ty Lue said it's going to be a nine-man rotation when Norman Powell comes back, so let me know who your nine guys are. That, that means everyone's... Actually, you know what? Let's do it without Paul George for now, and then give me your one without Paul George, and then with Paul George, so you're going to have to take one of your nine out. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper content. And, of course, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Clippers and hit the notification bell so you know every time we post an episode. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game-to-Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clip Show!